0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you may be. This is Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker, and I am joined by Jack, my dad. How you doing today?
1: Doing good, Todd. It's Can been, uh, yeah,
0: it's been a whole week since we talked last time. So, yeah, uh,
1: seems longer <laughs> than that for some reason. It does.
0: <laughs> it's weird. It's like sometimes it feels like we just got done talking, but this last week just seems like it was a long, long time ago. I don't know why, but uh, and, and in fact, actually, it was a little less than that because didn't we record late last week? We we recorded a day behind, so yeah, you know, goes goes to show you how um, how perception can be faulty sometimes, right?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Thus, the whole but industry of of, uh, of magicians it, <laughs> take, it, taking taking advantage.
1: I think it all depends on you know what you did during that intervening time. Uh-huh. It seems longer. I think the more things that you've been doing you know right If it's been a busy week then you've you're, you're glad a lot to of stuff
0: happened right yeah. yeah right yeah yeah well you know and i think like as i as i was implying there with the the whole you know uh genre of being a uh, a, 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 a magician entertainer is is taking advantage of the fact that human perception is not that hard to fool it really isn't yeah. so you know, as much as we all think we're on top of everything and nothing gets by us, um, you know, there's there's plenty of of uh, really good entertainers out there who who get lots of stuff by lots of people. So, um,
1: yeah, I uh, I wanted to tell you something. I suspect you probably already know, but I got a call from Alex the other day. Alex is my grandson and Todd's mm-hmm. nephew, and he's a techie. He and is anyway. Alex called with some good news. Do you, you you know what I'm talking about, Todd? I do not. Well, he's been accepted to go back to get his master's.
0: Oh, good at, for him!
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, it's where's going he going? Be, uh, it's Rice University in Houston, uh-huh. but it's it's going to be an online thing right. for him.
0: Right, right, and
1: uh, it's going to last for a couple of years, and, mm-hmm. and so he's not going to be as involved in work because he's he a be a, be a I didn't get him to say that he's a full time student, but I'm assuming that that's the case.
0: Right, uh, right. So, th- so his, his work is supporting the additional education by giving him a little additional time to do that.
1: Right. So mm-hmm. you know he may have an occasional thing to do with the company. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. I thought to myself once, now that we're signed on, that you and I might mm-hmm. get him on the program, maybe or have a better shot at it. Uh, yeah. If he wants to give us the time.
0: Yeah, well, we'll have to ask him about that because um, you know the the working work that he has done in the past is is uh, it's a government contracted the com- company that he works for does government work and and so you know he's not allowed to talk about that and so he's very hesitant to just talk about technology in general just because he he's you know he's trying to be overly cautious and conscientious of of his responsibility to his employer and that's that's you know a wise move on his part so. Yeah, um, now
1: I'm, I, might, I might say he's getting his master's in software engineering. Right. Okay, and uh, I, we talked a little bit about that. A couple of things came mm-hmm. out that might not be too, that they might be too much in depth, uh, you know, uh, for a lot of our audience, but uh, one of them is compiler technology. Uh, sure. Compilers are, are quite a broad category, but it's how to convert basically from one Form to another, whether it's a, right. a written language or, or
0: gestures yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, but he mentioned several other things. You know, he helped study.
0: Uh, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's typical, I think, of most people. I mean, like like every field, as you move up in terms of your education, you will there will be more specificity in terms of what areas he chooses to study. And and I'm sure if, you know, if his business is supporting this, they have some input on, hey, these are the things we want you to be more versed in. And so um, right. they probably have a list of, hey, here's the different things that we could use somebody with expertise in. So, you know, pick one of these that interests you and go for it. And uh, and as long as those things align, then, then it's great for everybody. And that's, you know, that's not unusual. Um, you know, uh, my daughter is a... Um, uh, behavioral therapist and uh she same thing she got her masters and the company uh had a policy where they would um uh you know refund you know, she had to front it but they would then refund a uh, a large portion of her uh tuition in the program in order for her to continue through and get you know fully certified so she's uh recently graduated there and is now um prepping to take her uh board, state board certification exam, which is a large, you know, large test that everybody has to take in order to, to actually be certified as the, uh, you know, to do that job. And so she's preparing for that and looking to do it sometime, probably in September. So, um, ah.
1: well, that's so, to me. I, I didn't know she had to take a test, a board he,
0: test. Yeah. It's, she's got to be board certified and, you know, it's just like most, um, uh most medical things when you're dealing with people uh they they want you yeah. to be able to have a minimum level of of understanding and education and demonstrate that before you're allowed to go mess with somebody whether it be you know a doctor yeah. or a nurse or a physical therapist or an occupational therapist or any kind of the psychol any of the psychology degrees and you, you know yep. uh, behavioral yep. therapy yep. being that one makes, of those so makes a lot of sense yeah yep. yeah you know and it's yeah, I, 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 you know, the, the libertarian in me goes, dang it, they sh- the government doesn't need to be involved with all that stuff. But the flip side of me, you know, the, the, the practical side of me says, but yeah, if you d- if they weren't, there would be a lot of bozos hanging shingles out going, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a psychologist. I, I'm a physical therapist and doing a lot of damage to people. So, you know, I think that that uh, is probably rightfully one of the things that the government at some level should be doing. Um, and well, in our country, you know, that tends to be state know. level.
1: It, you know, I could almost see this coming for radio broadcasters, given the uh, complaining about
0: uh, mm-hmm. falsity in
1: news re- reporting.
0: Right. You the know? problem is, is that that you know whether it be you know one of the broadcast uh, television stations or broadcast radio stations or even the non-terrestrial radio through you know um, uh, the <clears throat> what is it? I can't remember the name that they've now combined their, the two companies that do the the, uh, space, uh, satellite radio. But, you know, the problem is, is that people doing what we do is, is where a lot of people get their uh, information uh, now. You know, it's, it's yeah. just somebody who says like, Hey, let's start up a podcast or let's start up an Instagram page or let's start up a, a, a Twitter feed. And, yeah. and, and the problem is, is that those people are very often given as much weight as, uh, you know, people who have been educated to be a journalist. And the result has been not that everybody has raised their level to match that of the journalists, but that the journalists have reduced their level of, of, um, scrutiny on reporting to the same level as Joe Blow with an Instagram page so that they can then also get more eyeballs and more looks and more, you know, click throughs. And, and so nobody is doing the job that they should be doing in terms of, you know, Thoroughly researching stories and and really understanding both sides of, of a of a situation before they start talking about it. They're all just um, uh, wings of one side or the other on every opinion, um, you know, repeating and, and, and uh, parroting what has already been said. Um, well, you know, it's it's well, like everybody's know. a marketing wing of one of the two uh, yeah, parties.
1: I, I just saw a headline on that, and, and I, I've heard the name before. Joe Rogan
0: was being criticized mm-hmm. for his uh, broadcast regarding the uh, COVID 19. Yeah, he's the and number one podcaster. Where... Number one podcaster in the world, signed on with Spotify for a multi million dollar deal.
1: Is that right?
0: Yeah, wow. five years, and he's and he's exclusively on Spotify, so you can't just download his his podcast onto your podcast app anymore. You now have to listen to him through Spotify, and and it was like a hundred million dollars or two hundred million, some ridiculous amount of money for, for uh, I think it was a five year deal, and he's he just it's basically talk radio. He he has guests on and talks about all kinds of stuff. He will talk tech, he will talk politics, he will talk, but he's like most successful talk radio hosts and even though he's not radio he's podcast he uh he says things that are very explosive and 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 controversial
1: well that's that's how you get viewership that's yeah. rewarded yeah we reward well, people for being controversial
0: yeah his background by the way is that he started out as a stand-up comic he was an actor on a uh tv show a uh, uh, sitcom for a couple seasons. And then he became a host of a television game show. Then he has been a, a, an announcer for um, the uh, Ultimate Fighting people. So he's, he's a, a commentator and announcer for them, uh, the UFC um, Ultimate Fighting. And, and then he launched this podcast. And he's still involved with the Ultimate Fighting thing. So he's very oh. sort of a blue-collar... Um, uh, take on the world, uh, but he also tends to skew back and forth. It depends on the topic. It's funny because some people will say, "Oh, he's very liberal." You know, he's 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 pro, you know, legalization of of pot, and and he's you know, and then in other cases, he comes off and 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 says, "But don't tell me what to do. If I want to get a vaccine, I will, and if I don't, I won't." <laughs> you know, um, so.
1: All, all of this happens because of our strong feelings about freedom of speech.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? And the thing about the web is that uh, we all are we're, have been given multiple voices, depending on what tools you use, right? Twitter, Facebook, you know, message. Are you there, Todd? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, it got really quiet. But anyway... Uh, the, you know, if if you're going to try to get some control on this, and it used to be that the, that the news media themselves had two categories. There was news and there was opinion. And news was always supposed to stay totally away from opinion. It was fact, supposedly fact-based. But that's... Uh, well, that's semi true
0: because even even early on, every newspaper had an editorial page. The problem is, is that what used to be the opinion page, the editorial page, has nice. now basically blossomed to the entire thing. Whether it be, and, I, and I'm using newspapers as an example here, but the same thing applies to television and radio and any kind of news. There was always the opinion piece, right? But they used right. to be very clear about this is an opinion piece versus this is what's happening in the world. Now, now, it, now it's all the same they got news but they don't they have opinions <laughs> right, yeah, you know, and I don't know whether to blame the um you know i I shouldn't say that I know whether to blame I was going to say I don't know whether to blame the the uh, journalism schools or or you know something else and and my guess is that the journalism schools haven't changed what they're doing at all. It's not the journalism schools that are having the trouble. The problem is it's the dollars and cents it's quite frankly. Um, the the model that we use for all of our media is a capitalist model which means that they get paid based on the number of people who tune in to listen to them and as exactly. we and as we add you know a thousand different Facebook pages and Twitter pages and um, and uh, YouTube channels and and you know uh, there's just what's happened is is we used to go to one of three television stations, in your town, you know, ABC, NBC, and CBS. And then they added Fox as a fourth one or you, or your city's newspaper. And a lot of cities, there used to be a couple different newspapers. Usually one sort of was the, the, the liberal newspaper. And one was the, the more, um, uh, conservative newspaper. But then, you know, newspapers had fell into hard times. There became one newspaper in each town. So now there's only one newspaper and you get one set of opinions that way. But on the flip side, the reason newspapers fell into hard times is because of all of these different online options. And so the eyeballs and people's attention have shifted to, to 50 different ways to get your news as opposed to the, the three news stations and the two newspapers. So instead of five or six, you now have 50. And so everybody's got a smaller piece of the pie, so they're all doing more and more ridiculous things to get people to pay attention to them. And those ridiculous things are, you know, everything is a crisis. There's nothing that's just, hey, this happened today. It's a crisis, you know. Every, and, and as a result, I think, quite honestly, it's affecting people's mental health because, you know, you're living in, if you pay attention to the news now, you're basically living in a crisis state all the time. And that's generate, that's, you know, it's not reality. It's just them gener- trying to generate revenue. And yeah. you know it, it, it almost it, it almost you know it makes me uh, appreciate well not even almost it makes me appreciate the BBC's way of doing things. You know the British have a a national broadcasting uh, station, BBC, uh, or corporation, and they have a couple different channels, but they they're they're set up to operate independent of the government. They're just funded through the government, right? Right. and that way and we have a public broadcasting but our public broadcasting is is for whatever reason in this country very liberal um and and so you don't get uh, that much of a balanced picture now i suppose if you talk to people in in I'll, britain I'll you, they probably a have a different opinion of the bbc than than we do cuz my experience well, has been you can go to bbc stuff online and they tend to give you a little bit more balanced look at what's going on in the world than us news does
1: it, PBS channels in the United States are liberal because they most of them have associations with universities that's the real reason
0: yeah
1: and and the entertainment industry also
0: yeah yeah it was never set up the, the you're right the the uh, public broadcast whether it be on radio or on television has never been um, set up to be something like the BBC where it is a, a an actual um, coordinated national, uh, broadcast Corporation—they're a bunch of independent little places—and you're right; they're all run out of, you know, off shoestring budgets. In in well, some of them have more than shoestring budgets these days too. But uh, and you know, and they're all—they uh, they receive some of their funding from uh, uh, the the national um, you know endowments, but they but a lot of it also is them begging for men, money every few months because they do that pretty regularly. Uh,
1: but, but but I think you know. Uh, they, they do have some unique programming that you do, oh, absolutely. So never get, you, you'd never get on a public bro- or on a commercial broadcast. Oh, station,
0: absolutely. You know? Yeah. In fact, in order oh. for them to be to be to, to qualify as a PBS station, they're required to have, you know, public access um, uh, shows and things like that. So there'll be like local shows that you would never see on any, you know, another channel live and live concerts and music from people who, you know, don't sell 40 million copies of their albums, but, but are interesting. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, I mean, historically they've had some incredibly good interviewers on, on those shows too. So there's a lot of, um, human, um, interest type of stuff that's generated there, but there isn't really a strong news wing that comes across as, you know, not, uh, politically slanted, I think. Yeah. Is 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 what I what I was getting at. Whereas the BBC, through the way they're structured, tends to be that way more so. I think. Yeah. Now again, if I lived in Britain, there are probably those in Britain who would say, "Oh no, no, no! The BBC always goes towards the Labour Party, or the BBC always goes towards the you know the the, it, the it's you know." I don't live there, but my perception is that from somebody on the outside looking in, that that seems to be the case. You know the bbc reuters yeah. is another one you can go to reuters in fact it's interesting i don't know how many people do this or have ever tried to do this but you know the reuters is a news feed agency they they collect news they they have reporters around the world and they publish the news and then lots of news organizations subscribe to their service so that they can then get news to talk about so if you don't have right. enough enough news collectors you you use a service And uh, the Associated Press is one of those kind of things. There used to be uh, UPI, United Press International, and they went out of business. Um, But you can actually get an AP, Associated Press, or Reuters app on your uh, phones and iPads, uh, or you can go to their websites, as well as the BBC. And uh, it's very interesting because their news feeds, especially Reuters, are from all over the world. So sometimes you'll get somebody from India reporting on something. And it's very interesting to see how they perceive, like, you know, U.S. president does something that has an effect somewhere in the Middle East, and then to see how how it's being reported by somebody who who is reporting out of India, and their perspectives are very different than what you would get from, you know, an NBC or a Fox News reporter. And all of it fits the mold of the older style news reporting that we've talked about, which is, you know, not so much um, uh, politically slanted, but but perhaps, you know, uh, a perspective of somebody who 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 is being impacted by it differently than a United States uh, based organization would be. And I find it very interesting. And so I like to go through those every every uh, few days and just see what they have as the headlines. Because, you know, you look at what we have as the headlines, and then you go say, well, what is the rest of the world saying are the headlines? And sometimes they're the same, but a lot of times their pers- they're, they're things are very different. They're like, you know, that's w- what the U.S.'s news organizations are talking about really isn't all that important to the rest of us, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I've always... Uh enjoyed uh, Fareed Zakaria. hmm You know, he's on C- he's on CNN, which is a very liberal place. But right. That, that that doesn't matter to me as much as the fact that, that he gets foreign guests on. Right. And he addresses his audience as a, as a lo- much larger uh, right. audience in the world, because he is, you know... So he, he kind of, the only one in CNN that I know that sort of adheres to a major... Uh, I remember when CNN came into existence... Their whole mission in life was to connect the world, okay. Mm-hmm. That, that world view, and I don't know of any other program on their channel anymore that does that yeah. except him. Yeah. So, well, I I,
0: remember back during the the first um, uh, uh, Middle East War? I mean, they had guys in a hotel in in downtown Baghdad, you know, right. peek, peeking <laughs> out over the edge of their balcony, going, "Oh my gosh, here's what's happening!" And they'd like you know, stick their camera up. You could see, and that was that. You know, they were. Um, I mean that kind of made that that station because they were right literally on the ground as a war was breaking out.
1: Yeah, and if if it weren't for him, CNN would be a totally useless. I mean, I think the most <laughs> the rest of their programs are down uh, in the bottom. Well, of the again, drain,
0: in, in your opinion, there are other people who disagree, um, well, and, and I'm not saying I'm even one of them because I, I I'm not a big fan of of CNN, but I do listen to CNN, and um, and I bounce back and forth between CNN and Fox. I think they're right. Uh, you know, two sides of a coin sometimes. Um, I don't tend to listen to MSNBC very often, which is sort of the third big news only yeah. type station that's out there. But like I said, I, I tend to, uh, I, 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 I will read news more than I will listen to news. And uh, I like to go back and forth between, um, excuse me, the like just the Google News page is sort of a standard go-to but then I go... The, the thing I found is that when I do that, I want to make sure I'm not logged into Google because if I'm logged into Google, then I get different news because they've, they kind of track what I click on and they then start... Tape, and I don't like them tailoring the news to me. I just give me the, whatever you think is the most important stuff. But then I balance that by going to those uh, other websites and or apps. I've got them saved in a list here for news. You know, and I go to, uh, like I said, the Associated Press, Reuters, um, um, BBC... It's, it's just interesting I, to see.
1: I'll I tell you, I, I found a show that appeals to me. Uh, it's called The Mike Huckabee Show, and he's on Newsmax, which is a yeah. more cons- much more conservative network than Fox. Yeah. Now, on on Newsmax, he's the only one I watch. But right. I've, I've, you know when I first got the app and stuff, I just sort of looked around, and it ha- also happens to be on my DirecTV so I can record his his entertainment show. But it's right. a variety show. And, and he gets uh, you know there's always political stuff on it and, but generally it relates to the guests that he has you know but in addition it's, there's uh, a lot of entertainment too comedians and, you know stand ups it's I, I wouldn't compare it to uh, the old uh, I lost the name of the guy but anyway uh, Ed Sullivan shows the only the guy I think when I think of mm-hmm. variety shows yeah. and uh some of those guys, but anyway, it's, it's, it's kind of corny sometimes, but you know, he's from Arkansas. It's, that's kind of his audience. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I, I, I yeah, watched- I've watched I- Newsmax
0: a couple times. I've not really found any shows there that I found were interesting because every time I've seen to have flipped over to it, uh, it's, it sounded to me like a commercial for uh, a right-wing agenda. And so it was like, okay, that's not news, you know. And and I, that's sort of the same feeling I got when I go to MSNBC, except for it's a left-wing agenda. And so it's like, yeah, I'm not interested. Um, yeah. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't have good shows because, you know, a network is made up of lots of different shows. I just, when I happened to flip over there, that wasn't what was on. So I was like, yeah, nope, not for me. Um, yeah. You know, something I found interesting is I found a show um, recently... Um, I don't know, know if you remember or know Dennis Miller. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, he used uh, to be on O'Reilly's shows occasionally.
0: Yeah, he, he's, he was started as a stand-up comedian and then was on Saturday Night Live, um, had his own show for a while. He now does a show called Dennis Miller Plus One, and it's a half-hour show where he interviews somebody. Um, and it's on a network called RT America. And I, yeah. I looked, and RT America stands for Russian television. It's it's actually uh, a, uh, yeah, believe it or not, yeah. It's a uh, network based out of Moscow and controlled by the Russian government.
1: Really? That's yes. amazing.
0: Yes, RT America. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No, there's an RT America. There's also RT International, RT France, and RT Arabic, RT Deutsch. Um, they they have a propaganda network, you know? Um, uh, you know, it's funny because I didn't, um, uh, I, you know, I, I haven't watched any, uh, anything else there. I just set my thing up to, to record Dennis Miller's show. And then I was, I had to be careful cause I, I had it set up to record each time it came on. And what I found was, is that he would do like one episode of his show and it would play 15 times in a week. And so you'd go to see what was recorded and be the same show 15 times. Or I only keep five, so they're all the same show. So I had to make sure I went in there and said only record new releases of each show, so that you know then I could watch his show. And I thought it would be interesting. I like him. Um, I've watched the show I think three times now, and I have not been terribly engaged by any of them or his his uh, um, uh, guests, which is unfortunate because I really do like his sort of stylistic yeah. delivery and stuff, you know, that sort of sarcastic kind of, uh, uh, way he, he right. does things, but I just, I, yeah, I was kind of disappointed in the, in the shows thus far. Um, yeah. you know, but that can, that can break, you know, that can, that can change, but, uh, it's, uh, they've got actually a variety of people on the, um, on the, uh, the show, um, You know, they, he used to have, Larry King used to have a show on that network. And I thought, wow, that, you know, I would have thought that people would have been a little less than, you know, I mean, I don't know how much money they're throwing at them to do it, but it just uh, seemed surprising to me that, um, you know, that RT America is a station that, I mean, I'm not surprised that it's a station that we can get. But, um, I'm just surprised of some of the people who are like, yeah, okay, I'll go work there. You know, they're no worse than anybody Uh else in terms of, of stuff, you know, and, and I don't know, perhaps, you know, the deal is, is that, you know, he has a a gig where it's like, okay, you can go on and you can do your thing and say what you want. We're not going to be censoring you. If you say, you know, negative things about Russia, we don't, you know, we just want, we just want you on because you'll get eyeballs on our station. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but. Yeah. 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 RT America.
1: Huh. Well, I might try it sometime.
0: Yeah, on DirecTV, it's channel 321, by the way. I don't know what it is on. I don't know what it is. What is your TV um, provider now?
1: Uh, Let's see. um,
0: Your Cox or.
1: No. (laughs) Uh, Uh.
0: AT&T. Ah, AT&T Networks. So, um, they don't list AT&T here on the page that I'm looking at. So, I don't know what station it is on on AT&T Network. You know, AT&T and DirecTV are owned by the same, but I don't think their numbering is the same. So, um, not. Yeah, apparently it's available as an app through Apple TV as well. So, you can um, put it there and then you can watch it whenever you want. Had I known that, I wouldn't have been recording it on... uh, on the DirecTV, because it's like, well, I can just, you know, go on and watch whichever episode I want.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm.
0: Claims it reaches 85 million people in the United States. But others have said that that's not an accurate well, figure. So. what
1: well, well, something America. AT America? RT.
0: Oh. Russian Television oh. America. RT.
1: RT America. Yeah. Whoops. A M is it a space maybe RT I don't know how it's I can't I I see RT podcast
0: RT space America is how it's uh, done on the um...
1: no I get RT amateur if I go search for that podcast so I'll just do an RT podcast and see what that says rooster teeth
0: yeah (laughs) no that would be different uh, <laughs> and imaginary.
1: Is, there, there there, are a whole bunch of them that come up, and amongst them is, is Red Web.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, rt.com USA is the uh, is their website.
1: Okay, that's if I were in a browser. I'm I'm just searching in broadcasts now, so I thought I'd see mm-hmm. what they... No, it doesn't...
0: So the number one uh, story on the front page of RT.com slash USA is a picture of Rand Paul, and it says, they can't arrest all of us. Rand Paul critics meltdown as he encourages people to defy the CDC. Drunk on power, Pelosi. Says. Yeah. Yeah. Well, though. New York little- Governor Cuomo's closest advisor resigns amid... Sexual abuse scandal fallout.
1: Yeah, that's and, everywhere.
0: Yeah, and then the next one is Fauci warns of worse variant that could impact vaccinated if COVID-19 is allowed to keep mutating in unvaxxed population, which is what he was saying on the weekend news shows, too. So Yeah.
1: Any, anyway, I I think the, uh, the uh, whole <laughs> business of politicians being involved in that in health affair has yeah. in health at all yeah they should never have talked about it yeah than making maybe listen to an advisor every once in a while this so that uh, you know any policies in the political domain that could help might yeah. be pr- prompted because because they totally blew it
0: yeah well the comedian it. bill maher has a a, a week uh, a weekly show on hbo and uh months ago that was one of the first things he said is you know i don't want politicians involved in my health at all ever
1: yeah
0: <laughs> he goes he goes paul he says as far as politics goes i want it in small uh, you know it, it, he says that he, th- he kind of corrects himself he says well i make my living off of them being stupid so um you know he, he goes well, well i take them in bigger uh, doses than most but we should be able to decide how much politicians we want in our life on a day-to-day basis um yeah And, unfortunately, you know, politics has become, like, the number one reality show on television, (laughs) which is sad, you know. I I long for the days when I didn't know, uh, when I didn't have to hear from a politician over a long period of time. Now it seems like they're headline news every day.
1: I I would like a filter put onto my devices that says anything, if there's even a politician's name mentioned, that is filtered out. I don't want to hear yeah about politics at all
0: yeah unless i actively go to to look for it um i i you know and there's times when i do actively go to look for it i want to see what's going on or what's what you know but you know what when i want to learn something about what's going on with um with the uh covid i i go to uh the cdc page i go to um um oh shoot what's the name of that um the uh shoot i'm trying to remember the name of the the uh, hospital um excuse me uh johns hopkins i go to the johns hopkins corona resource page um i go to the um uh, uh health um uh, us governments. what is it they have the um who does fauci work for it's not the cdc it's the um, now I'm blanking on it, um, well, but anyway, uh, you know, I go to I go to medical experts, not to not to yeah. a, anything that has a politician attached to it.
1: Well, basically, uh, I tune out all uh, all that stuff completely, uh, and except for writing written stuff, I don't want to listen to anybody lecturing me. I'll read an article that I think is in a reputable place because of headline catches my attention. And one mm-hmm. did the most recent one, and I totally agree with it. Is that is that uh, since there are only 15.3 percent of the entire world's population that have been vaccinated, and that means that there are numerous poor countries around the world who can't afford the vaccine, and that's not right. morally right in my mind. Yeah. And so uh, I I would jump on the bandwagon and uh, and cheer on a, a donation. Of the excess vaccines that we have in this country that have a shelf life and they can't get the people here to take them, I'd say those ought to, get, ought to be shipped before they expire to countries that say they will use them, ASAP. Yeah. Uh, and uh, m- and maybe beyond that, it's not just excess. That yeah. Goes, yeah. When Louisiana
0: this, says they had to destroy 750,000 doses of vaccine because nobody would take it. Uh, you know, the week prior to that, we should have been shipping them to Mexico and Brazil and Nicaragua and Ethiopia yeah. and, you know, anybody and, who says we can give it to people right now. We've got and, arms that and, are ready.
1: And, 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 and that's an absolute minimum. That's not enough. Oh, because no. Until, until this thing is solved worldwide, you're, you're never going to get to right. uh, the, uh, what's that, pop, uh,
0: the herd immunity uh, pop, thing.
1: Herd immunity thing.
0: That, right. Yeah. And, and, well, you know, when Fauci's be. talking about, you know, it's uh, that, uh, you know, it, a worse variant could come along because we have too many people still not vaccinated. That's right. great. And, well. you know, that's fine. But that doesn't you know, if, if that's really a worldwide issue, that's not a just in the U.S. issue because the world is so connected and people travel back and forth um, and this thing is spread everywhere already then, you know, it's going to continue to mutate in unprotected populations. And as you pointed out, 15% of the planet is not nearly enough.
1: That's right. So basically that's, that's a starter. And I would say we should start with the poorest countries, the ones who have zip and, you know, get them completely inoculated. And then they can travel to our country. In other words, keep the borders closed until, these countries have herd immunity in their country. Yeah, you know, or at least at the level we are, we're not even there yet.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. And no, is it just a few? Like a week a week ago, they said we finally hit uh, the seventy percent of the population has had at least one shot in the U.S.
1: Yeah, so we'll be we're getting close.
0: But yeah,
1: still. Well, we need to turn, also turn that our attention.
0: that number for herd immunity was based on the original virus, the Delta virus being more um, uh, contagious, they said that you, in order to really get herd immunity working for that, you're going to have to hit closer to 90% of the population because it's so so catchy. Um, and there's now been a couple studies that are, are being peer reviewed. They're not full, fully through the peer review, but there's been a couple studies that indicate that that Delta virus is, uh, that even if you're vaccinated, that you carry a viral – if you catch it, you can still get catch it and carry a viral load that's just as much as a person who's not vaccinated. So even though it may not hurt you, you could then be a spreader for it in a significant way. Let, um, me, and this-
1: let, let me give you another take on this. Number one, I would like to know that above those that are are actually vaccinated, we should have a very good number, but we don't, apparently – have a number of all of those who have had COVID and what those that have had the COVID bury it. Okay. Yeah uh, and those people have some immunity. And in fact i there are reports out there that other doctors, not that Fauci in the national crowd, because doctors never agree. Sure that, that we in fact have a fairly significant amount of those people that puts us well into the business of of having uh, this herd immunity that we're talking about, because but we're just not counting them because the politicians they like to push the vaccine because that helps them.
0: So well, statistically, and there have been studies on this. The thing is, is because all of this is happening quickly, and then new variants come out while you're in the middle of doing studies. So you know, and then it takes time. You know, uh, it usually takes three to five months for somebody to come back and do a peer review of it is that all of this stuff is running behind the speed that which this, the, the vaccine, it's not the vaccine, but the virus itself is mutating, but there are studies out there and they are there. They've been published, but they're not peer reviewed yet. So they're in the process of getting peer reviewed that have said that like people who have had the virus have, um, uh, roughly 65% protection, which is not nearly as much as you get from, uh, from the RNA viruses. That would be the, um, the two major uh, 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 vaccines, uh, rather not viruses, so they, they've got some protection, but not nearly as much uh, as somebody who got vaccinated. And so they're saying that even if you've had it, you really should get the vaccine because your um, your antibody load is significantly lower uh, if you just got your got them naturally by having the virus. I know that,
1: and I know that mm-hmm. the those that have had vaccine have now don't have the ninety. Three ninety-seven to hundred percent coverage that they used to because of the Delta variant, variant or any other variant, in fact. Uh-huh. But the fact is, is that they're still effective for at least another six months against the, uh, the variants that we know of. Uh, and so, they're 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 talking about boosters, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but the fact is, is that all of these things have are are keeping people from getting it. Again, except for uh, some breakages, they call it. And and the, the number is so small on the breakage that they don't even want to publish it, because then they'd be peckled for it. Mm-hmm. So, so the problem is, is that we're not getting all of the numbers that we need to make good decisions. That's, that's a complaint. Uh, right, but so I think that the complaint...
0: The, the, I think that w- w- they're trying to get all the numbers. What I'm saying is, is that the, the, that there's lots of people who are collecting a lot of information about this stuff, but that the mutations keep changing before we even get all of the numbers verified, because it takes time for one scientist to go through and verify another scientist's work, and 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 you know poke holes in the way they they gathered the information and got that, because that's just the process. And so right. the process is you know not keeping up with the changes on the ground and and you know that's not that nobody's trying they're trying they really want to know because because you know
1: the,
0: sure. the reasonable people and reasonable scientists want to have data in on which to base decisions and yeah. that's you know it's it's but it's by the nature of what you're doing it's a trailing indicator you know it's like when something happens then we study it we look at a a group of people selected that were involved and say, well, what happened to them? How did it work? You know, what percentage of them did this versus that? And then somebody else has to go back and look at that and say, well, yeah, that was right. Or wait a minute, you missed something here. And then they that's have to go the, back. You know, I mean, it's just.
1: That's, that's that's the nature of all medical illnesses.
0: Exactly. You know, and you know? that's just unfortunate that, that we're in a position where we have to make quick decisions sometimes because, uh, you know, people's lives are at stake. So. I heard something yesterday that I thought was pretty interesting, Um, and that was, uh, and I have yet to verify this, but there was somebody who was claiming that while the Delta variant has caused the number of uh, hospitalizations to go up, that the number of actual deaths from COVID have barely moved at all. Uh, in the last six months and, the, and that they had been, you know, uh, they've declined significantly from from the early waves of COVID. And that, the, you know, based on that, they felt like, uh, you know, that we should not revert to closing everything down because, you know, it's while nobody wants to go to the hospital, going to the hospital is not the end of your life, which is what we were facing previously. And so they're saying that, that statistically, at least, it doesn't appear that that the Delta variant is killing people in the same numbers that the previous ones did, even though more people are getting infected and we're seeing a rise in, in hospitals. And so they're saying, you know, now, now, I guess the thing we do have to be careful of, and this is the reason we did all the shutdowns in the first place. At least that's what we said was the reason. It seems like that reason has changed a lot, but we said it was because we were overrunning the ability of our hospitals to take people in. So if Delta is putting a lot of people in hospitals, if we start overrunning our hospitals ability to handle the number of people, then we will see deaths go up because people aren't able to get any treatment.
1: Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't think that's happened in very many places. Maybe in Southern Missouri.
0: Yeah, I have. I I've heard about sister, hospitals getting slammed again, but I haven't heard about like the, the death rate going through the uh, the roof again.
1: Right, and that's because they got good treatments now, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's well, see, Johns anyway. Hopkins. Uh, so, ba-do, 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 vaccine doses. It's a global. Deaths is at four million two hundred U.S. confirmed thirty five thousand seven hundred uh, deaths. No U.S. confirmed cases. Deaths is at six hundred sixteen thousand eight hundred fifty eight, and you know so it's it's. Let's see if I can get a, uh, a chart showing if it's gone up, down, left, right, or whatever. You know, <laughs> they give you a number. That's that tells you nothing unless you looked at the data visualizations. That's what I want. Uh. Okay, timeline of COVID nineteen policies, cases, and deaths by state. Can I see the whole country? I want to see the whole country. Okay. So cases. Deaths. Okay, so this is interesting. So um, I found a page on John Hopkins where they've collected the stats. And I'm just looking at Alabama right now because it was the first state that popped up. Uh, So as of the 1st of July, they went from uh, 356 cases to 3,891 cases by August 7th. So in six weeks, five weeks, they've uh, a factor of 10. Okay, that's cases. Deaths, July 1, they had 14. August 7th, 24. So while the cases have have gone up by a factor of 10, the deaths have gone up by less than two. And if you look back at their peak of 226 deaths in a day, that was the end of January. That's Alabama. So that tells you the Delta variant is causing a lot more hospitalizations, but not a lot more deaths. Now, doubling the deaths is not a good thing. I mean, 24 by, deaths, by, you know, 24 way, deaths case, are not, it uh, like a good number unless they're you, right?
1: Cases, I don't know whether they're a linear relationship to hospitalizations, but there are a lot of people who do not go to hospitals. For right,
0: cases. no, these are confirmed cases, so it's just those who got tested. Oh. You know, if you had had symptoms, somebody gives you the test and they say, yes, you've got it.
1: By the way, I saw an article the other day. It's still in development, not on sale. But somebody uh, at, is, says that fairly soon—and they didn't say what "soon" meant—are going to have a uh, COVID test that costs three dollars a piece, a test, mm-hmm. and you can and and you can even test for the variant. So they're getting some success with some fairly low-cost kits. Uh, so that uh, that's go- going to be a major importance if they can achieve that. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that everybody will do it, but a lot of people will just because they want to know if, they, if they've got it, you know. Yeah. I I, the, I don't know what's the reasonable thing to do if these are available. At, at that cheap price, would you buy one and take the test once a week or something, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, If
1: you're, if you're out socializing. How do you decide when when you think you might want to have a test? Right. I, I think I think event? it's if you're
0: showing, if you start feeling different than right. you are at any other time, right? So you're saying like, you know, today I was feeling fine, but, th- you know, I woke up and suddenly I feel just really run down or something. Or I've got a bad headache or, you know, yeah. uh, you know, scratchy throat, you know, and it could be a cold or a flu or it could be COVID. You just don't know. And so that's when you check, you know. But it's funny because I was talking with uh, my daughter and she and I both have seasonal allergies through a good chunk of the year. I'm stuffed up. You know, they say, well, you lose your sense of smell. I usually have a lost sense of smell. That's normal for me. So so that's not a good symptom for me. I mean, I you know, if I don't take um, uh, antihistamines and, and decongestants and stuff, then, yeah, I'm plugged up. So that's just, I'm like, okay, well, that's not a symptom I can track, you know. Um, yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we've been talking about COVID and a lot of that. That's yeah. not very very <laughs> Not tricky, the normal tech it. that we talk. It <laughs> is there's
0: technology involved there. In fact, this that new test is actually pretty interesting. I'd be I'm curious, you know, a, a, how long it takes. Do you said it's $3, but is it like a birth uh, a, a pregnancy test where you take it and then you know the answer in a certain period of time or do you have to mail oh. it back in and find out a week later?
1: Oh no, you you, you know within 30 minutes.
0: Okay, so it's it, it's it, a quicker it
1: It it did say that, and, you know, how much less than 30 minutes, I don't know, but yeah, that's that's fast
0: enough. Right. Sounds to me like that's probably what a lot of, like, the uh, sports, um, professional sports leagues have been using, right, because they've been testing pretty regularly. Uh, I don't think
1: anybody's been using this new one. uh, Well, no, but something like that.
0: Yeah, obviously, if this one's new, but they've been using something like that where they get a quick answer, because... Like I got tested a couple times, you know, I, I traveled and I wanted to get tested. And before I came to visit you, I wanted to get, make, you know, checked out and make sure I, I wasn't, you know, positive. And, um, uh, you know, I went and got my nose swabbed and gagged and sneezed cause they stuck a stick up my nose. And I found out and it was like four or five days later before I got the answer. Um, you know, and so, uh, You know, in a sense, that's almost useless because in the intervening four or five days, I could have gone and gotten infected. You know, it's like, tell me now, tell me now, right Right now. Am I good to go? So I'm glad to hear that, you know, that it's it's a a um, faster turnaround on the answer, you know, and and that coupled with, like you said, three or four bucks is that's great because I've seen packages sitting in the store uh, where you can go buy the covid test and they're thirty five, forty dollars. And it's like, well, yeah. I want to know, but I don't know that I want to spend $35, $40 to know, um, you know, I mean, I've been vaccinated. So if I have symptoms, I, I'll, you know, stay home and, and rest and drink plenty of fluids and hopefully it'll all go by, you know, and if they get worse, then I go to the hospital. But, uh, all right. <laughs> um, you know, I'm uh, then they'll test me. I'm, I'm not very likely to, to go out and spend $35 or $40 for a test, uh, you know, because I got the sniffles or a headache. So,
1: yeah, by the way, I'd like to change the subject now. Yeah, it's quite abrupt. Quite abrupt. Uh, for some time, I have a by the way, the little MacBook, right? One little uh port, one on it port, USB, USB 3 with a uh, what do they call that uh, connector? Uh,
0: the, the uh, USB C connector, C, C,
1: that's it. Yeah, and and uh, I have three different uh. They're not docking stations, adapters, I should say.
0: Yeah, like port expanders so that you can plug in different things, right?
1: And and I've I've been unhappy with all three for one reason, but one of them that I had, which was very flimsy construction, in fact, every time I pick it up, the dang thing in pops off, and the little circuit board pops out, and I have to line the things up and push it back together and put some tape around it. So it's, you know, anyway, but that's the only one that will work from my MacBook, to my CD or DVD uh, separate drive,
0: right? Okay. So, so that's the it, so it gives you a USB A out, right? So you can plug right. in a stand the the previous standard USB A sure. connector. So honestly, what you probably and this is this would be Apple's answer: go buy a, a a CD reader. I mean, first of all, they would say don't use CDs because they're old. But if you've got a, a, a one you have Wait, to read, I, then R- go buy a CD reader that has a USB C connector on it, so you can cl- connect directly. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to yeah. do that. I got yeah. this stuff, and it, you know. Anyway, yeah. I found an article called "Best Docking Stations for MacBook in 2021." Right. And that article uh, has a number of docking stations, and I haven't concluded that any of them will do my job. But they are clearly way beyond the adapter stage in terms of capability. Yeah, these me, are more just dock.
0: A, yeah, docking stations this, is sort of like a souped-up adapter, right?
1: Yeah, this this docking idea is much better in that if I have if I have one of these, I set have all my peripherals connected. I just yeah. have to put one plug into, into the computer, and I'm uh, and I'm ready to go. You know? Right.
0: Well, the idea of a docking station is is that it's self-powered and it exists on your desktop. And then when you bring your laptop to it, you plug it into the device, into the docking station, as opposed to a an adapter that you carry along with you and maybe can use on the road. I will tell you something I see it, it right away is uh, the first two that are in the article. One is Thunderbolt 3. The other is Thunderbolt 4. And neither of those will work with your device because you don't have Thunderbolt. You just have USB-C, which is uh, not Thunderbolt comp- compatible. That was one of the knocks about that computer when it first came out is that... Uh, and, and in fact, that's almost a little frustrating because Thunderbolt three and four run over USB-C. So you see a USB-C port, you can't tell if that's USB, if that's Thunderbolt, if it's both. <laughs> you can't tell. Right. Um, you know, and and that's incredibly annoying. Yes, it is. incredibly annoying yeah in fact the whole the whole complaint that you have about having these different dongles and not quality dongles has been one of the biggest complaints and knocks about apple's laptops in the last five years is that they they went to such minimal ports that they force everybody to to carry around a little bag of crap to plug into it in order to attach the computer to anything and yeah maybe 90 percent of the time you don't use it with any ports and so it's nice to have a nice clean computer but i'll tell you what that other 10%, when you can't do it, you know, the last thing you want to have to do is jump through hoops, or if you're traveling somewhere, and of course, with COVID, there wasn't a lot of travel, but if you're traveling somewhere, running down to some store to buy some cheap adapter so you can plug in the what, you know, insert device here because you lost your adapter or left it at home or the thing broke because they're all flimsy pieces of garbage. And so, you know, that's rumored to be one of the biggest changes in the new, um, uh, uh, pro line of laptops that Apple's supposed to be coming out with here before the end of yeah. the year is that they're yeah, putting the port- ports back in it.
1: Yeah, that's what actually led me to seeing what uh, the difference is. If, you, if I were to go to buy an adapter, you know, right? Do I have to? How much of that money should should I instead just put into a new computer that's got everything I want? Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yeah. Yeah, because especially these docking stations, because they do more and are more capable, almost all of them are over $100. I mean, some of these, like there's a Kensington Thunderbolt 4 dock here that's almost $400. You yeah. know? And in fact, so. it's a, they say it's $840 at Amazon, but they've got a deal if you buy it at Dell for $400. And that's just for a docking station. That's yeah. not even the computer. Who would spend $840 for a docking station? At that point, I'd say forget it. I could buy a whole whole used computer that uh, uh, you know for, from Apple, or you could buy a heck of a new computer from Dell for, you know, yeah. for that price, eight hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, right. These you know, people are nuts.
1: You know, the <laughs> other thing the, the the other thing I was thinking about is my computer. My computer here, uh, I can very easily plug it into a wired. Uh, USB, not a, not a USB, a wired cable system and on cable system, that's very high throughput. You know, I could put peripherals all over on my cable system and why not just do it that way?
0: What do you Uh, mean plug it into a wired cable system?
1: uh, My network, Ethernet.
0: Ah, okay. Uh, But you still have to have an adapter to do that. And if you do that, then you can't plug it into power because you've only got one port that's both power and I.O., so you can work until the battery dies, well, unless you get an adapter that allows you to plug power into it and give you the Ethernet out, right?
1: If I get a good Ethernet connection from my computer, and I can right. do that with any of my adapters, okay, mm-hmm. I can get on the Ethernet. Okay, because I got. I got a, the only thing I got on the Ethernet right now is the printer, right? Okay, and my TV sets. I can go talk to my TV sets. I get they got. Smart uh, TVs, some of them, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll talk to you. But I haven't really worked that. But anyway, uh, I was I was thinking that uh, there ought to be a way then to even put a CD device on an Ethernet. I don't know if there is, but it just occurred to me. How many devices mm-hmm. do I do I care about talking to? If I if I one thing that's clear is if I get onto that Ethernet, since it's plugged into two of my TV sets, I I know I can put picture out onto those things real easily. Wired picture, you know? Right. Uh, So, those are the other devices that are high high bandwidth devices. Now, the only other thing are storage devices. How how do I do that?
0: Well, the question, too, is you said, you know, can you get an Ethernet CD, DVD player? Yeah, you can, but why don't you just get one that has USB-C and just plug it right into your device, then, if you're going to do that? Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. That that becomes a, an issue or a possibility, uh, mm-hmm. but the other one is is that uh, that I might Do just you... go to. I, I, I want to upgrade to a new MacBook of some kind, right? M two M one plus or two or whatever they call right. it. it should be M two as we've concluded. But anyway. Uh, 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 and I'm
0: thinking that maybe this fall that'll be a nice Christmas present or something. Right. Yeah. Well, there, and the and the newest ones, like we said, we're going to probably solve some of the problems by giving you some ports back. But um, I doubt that they'll have a. They, in fact, I know they won't have a DVD drive. And I guess I don't know, but I, I would I would bet heavily that they're not going to have a DVD drive in it. So you still have to attach to your DVD somehow. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I doubt. I also doubt very much that they're going to have a USB A port on the side of it. They'll they'll come back with. Um, you know, probably an SD card and a couple USB C ports, but I, I, I and maybe an HDMI port, so you can plug it into a a screen without an adapter. But uh, yeah, but that's probably it. So, um, you know, you don't have a computer like you don't have a Mac. That's uh, any. Wait, well, you still have a laptop that has a uh, DVD CD in it, right?
1: Yeah, the original one, the two thousand eight, right. It's slower than hell.
0: You know but what though? Guess, you could plug that, that. You could I plug said, that in. And 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 then and attach it to your network, and then from your little laptop, read and write to and from that CD DVD, because you can share that out across the network. It's built into the operating system.
1: Yeah, that's a possibility.
0: So all you have to do is turn that old laptop on, plug it in somewhere, and uh, and then you know put a disc in the drive, and then you can attach. You have to share it. Uh, which is under preferences sharing and I'm looking right now to remember because I'm, I'm trying hey. to remember this off the top of my head. Yeah but that, that yeah, sounds like probably right. the best solution, right Because then you've got wireless access to a, uh, a DVD. I have an old uh, iMac that I have sitting at a desk off to the side in my living room and I keep it on and there and it's for that that's one of the main reasons that I do. It's it's you know I don't use it for much of anything, but if I need to use a, a drive, um, I just plug it in there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'll give that a try.
0: Yeah, so let's see. Sharing. But,
1: but, but anyway, that still doesn't answer all of my issues. Uh, and, and I'm really, the only reason I'm really thinking about the computer is the 16-inch screen. I want big screens. That's my biggest mistake buying that MacBook was not getting us big screen.
0: Oh, uh-huh. Yeah well i mean the whole point of that one was and 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 you were very enamored of it at the time was how tiny it was right this was the the thinnest lightest right. smallest i mean essentially it was an ipad with a hinge um yeah. in terms of physical size and and for that it is still incredibly portable and useful if you're out moving around like if you were traveling if you were still in a in a job where you had to be on the right. road a lot or or when you were when you were on the road a lot moving around in your house to have something so little And light and easy to pick up and carry around with you was really handy, you know, but it's also really limiting when you're basically, you know, in your house, uh, you know, who cares if it weighs another pound, you're not, you're not putting it in a, in a briefcase and worried about, you know, adding an extra pound of weight. Right.
1: Right. Right. So anyway, uh, uh, thank you for your suggestion. I think I'll do that. Didn't yeah. occur to me, but that, uh, that that's the easy thing I could do now. But anyway, the other uh, thing is, is the the quality of the display. Uh, by the way, is very good on my little MacBook. That's one thing about it. it that was a, a yeah. big upgrade in the quality yeah. of display. Yeah, Compared it was
0: one of the fun. what was one of the first uh, Macs that had the 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 high resolution screens that yeah. the. Uh, macbook or the yeah the macbook air didn't have for a long time and so uh you know you had that step up you're right and and especially at that size that resolution is super sharp yep and when i wear my glasses i can actually see it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh well i mean it's still usable it's more usable than my old 2008 because there the screen even though it's a it's a larger screen. It's not a 16-inch. I think it was a 15.
0: 15, but, right.
1: But, but it was such a poor resolution that I don't know how I ever used it as yeah. long as I did. Now, maybe it's, it's degraded. I don't know.
0: It's funny, you know, the, how, how perceptions change because I know those were considered good quality screens at the time. But, uh, you know, I used a non-retina uh, display for a long time and basically went, yeah, it's fine. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody in my family except for me has a MacBook Air, uh, and it's one of the older ones that does not have a retina screen on it. And every once in a while I pick up one of their computers and use it, and it's like, yeah, okay, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, that, of all the things yeah. about that, their computers, that's the thing that bothers me least. What probably bothers me the most is that nobody in my family seems to put their stuff in a logical location. <laughs> So if I have to you know, like work on their on their iPad or on their phone, and I'm sure for them it seems logical, but I get on there and it's like, where's the settings? Where did you put, oh, they're buried inside of a menu somewhere. Or where's the, you know, it's like, why is this app that you use all the time on page three? Why didn't you move that to page one? I don't know. I'm just no, I'm used to where it is. like, ah. You know, it's like, if it's something you yeah. use every day, man, that should be on the front page, right? Front and center. But you know, it's their it's their device. That's the whole thing about personal devices, right? Personal computing. You can set it up the way you want, and even if you're wrong, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Darn, darn people with their opinions. So uh, let's see. You've got something you sent that's untitled. What the heck is that?
1: Oh, oh, Apple Car. That's that's the two different computers, the 14 and 16-inch, that they're talking about coming out in November, I think.
0: Oh, no, I clicked on it and got Apple Car.
1: Oh, Apple Car. Okay, I did send that one. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a big Uh,
0: breakdown of all the, uh, like, what happened, when did the rumors begin, you know, what are they up to, you know, is it uh, technology but not a car, is it a ride-sharing car, is it a car for sale, who's going to do the manufacturing on it, So, and there's been rumors, you know, Hyundai, (laughs) Kia, Nissan, and BMW, and Volkswagen, and there's lots of different tie-ins to who might be the ones who are actually making the car. Um, Yeah. Hmm.
1: Uh, My my thoughts are that Apple will, in fact, make a car. Yeah. Now, they'll make a commercial downtown bus, but they'll also make a car so that it's got uh, aerodynamic design. Mm-hmm. Not, that you need, not that you need a trunk in the front, a trunk in the back, but whatever makes the best aerodynamic design that will accommodate, you know, the, the features. Uh-huh. And the but will it be a car that car. you
0: can go buy or will it be a car that is essentially uh, a ride share that you just, you know, call out on your app and it shows up at your house for you to go somewhere?
1: That That's the one I think they're going after.
0: Yeah, which means that they have to have the... Um, the AI driving the car around safely, and that's the piece that everybody says is you know the the, the golden the golden ticket that everybody's working towards. Right? Is that we right. you know we want a self driving car that's the, what I don't know they've got those different well, levels, and I don't I'm not familiar off the top of my head to feel familiar enough to to, uh, to say, but they say that basically Tesla, regardless of what they call it, is like a level two, which is sort of an advanced. Uh, yeah. driver's assist as opposed to a self-driving vehicle.
1: Yeah. But if anybody's going to solve that problem, I think it's going to be Apple. Yeah. And I, I I, just think that they've got so many... Uh, well, they got more money to throw at the research to get the job done. It's not that it's unsolvable. It just takes a lot of effort.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Uh,
1: they can put that in. Now, the, the, uh, the other... Uh, thing about the car, from my own personal standpoint, is that, and, and I'm 80 years old now, soon to be 81, or not real soon, but anyway, uh, is that when as you get to this point, I said, well, I bought the last car I'm ever going to own. Right. Well, that's a 20, 2017 car, and so it's already five years old. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's not going. This is going to last probably at least, maybe another 10 years. Let's just say. If it lasts eighty another ten years, at ninety years old, I can't see any reason why a ninety-year-old person would buy a car. Right. That's Just it, yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. But um, you might you might use your app to call your Apple Car to come pick you up and take you somewhere.
1: Exactly. I'm yeah. Hoping that that service gets out there. Yeah. And of course, and I, I, think I was going to say, is this sense.
0: is this opinion basically being colored by the by your personal situation? In other words, is this something that has a market for the rest of the? world or the rest of america or is it something that just really appeals to you because of your uh life stage
1: well there's a whole bunch of folks over 90 there's a whole bunch of folks over 80 even more you know yeah so at, at this point in life depending yeah. on your health and uh and mm-hmm. your uh, ability uh, when you look at the percentage of people with immobilities even yeah that are wheelchair bound those people would like something that's got a little ramp that comes down, picks their sure. wheelchair up, and rolls them inside. And so that's that looks that, that vehicle is going to look a lot more like a an SUV type because it's going to be a bigger bigger box, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't have to be so aerodynamic. But by the mm-hmm. same token, why should those people not be able to go pretty much anywhere they want to go? Not right. confined just to going to doctor's appointments.
0: Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Everybody so. should be able to call a car, and you know, and you should be able to say, "Hey, I want to go cross town," or "Hey, I want to go visit somebody in another town."
1: See, uh, my thought is, we're getting to the point in, in time of technology where people are no longer co- uh, content to say, especially if you have a, a reasonable amount of resources, that mm-hmm. I'm going to go live in a nursing home just because that's a, that's all I can afford. You know?
0: Right. Yeah and uh, they'll they'll sure. gladly take everything in your you know <laughs> that you have and say for for everything that you could that you have we'll we'll allow you to live here.
1: Yeah now there are companies in fact I see them uh, more and more uh, we have a lot of elderly people in my parish that they'll bring people to church on a daily uh-huh. basis you know people come in and you yeah. know get out of the, the thing and this is a big ban it's not Comfort in any sense of the word, right? And it's pretty, pretty big and ugly, and it's too big to haul one person. But generally, the customer, when you see those, you don't see a band full of people. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's but something that should be more tailored to one, and well, mm-hmm. probably just one individual. Well, just those might like be from
0: certain communities or something, so they're coordinated through that community. Um, you know, but, but like you said, there could be also services that, you know, come and pick up. It's like that when you do the, um, you know, the, the van ride to the airport, you know, very often if you're doing the, you know, you can get a, a, a car, but, but uh, that costs a lot more. If you get a van ride and share the van with multiple people, it becomes more affordable. And, you know, if you, if you, if they have an autonomous vehicle, you don't have to, uh, pay a driver to do it and you can do it, you know, any time of day or night. And you can call a a shared vehicle or or an individual vehicle and just have different rates. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people who who have, um, you know, an inability to drive, whether it be permanent or temporary, for whatever reason, who who have really taken advantage of things like Uber and Lyft. I think they really, you know, clearly they've been successful enough because they've hit a, a market segment for a bunch of people who would just say, you know, I don't want to have to drive. I just want to get there, you know. Um, uh, you know, strangely enough, and this is weird to me and probably to you too, when I was growing up, you know, getting your driver's license was like a major life event and you looked forward to it and you wanted to do that. And, uh, but for whatever reason, you know, my daughter's generation were very, who cares, you know, and it wasn't just. You say, oh, well, that's, you know, girls don't want to drive as much as boys or something. Well, no, they were all that way, you know, And, and and something about that generation just said, well, you know, I mean, I'll get it if I have to, you know, and if I, you know, it's, it's part of being grown up. I guess I'll have to go get this thing, but a lot of them put it off until they didn't, you know, until they needed it for jobs or, or, or something. And, uh, they, they are very happy to take advantage of something like Uber and Lyft to get them, you know, to the mall or to visit friends or whatever. And they were like, yeah, I don't want to drive. (laughs) Why on earth would I want to drive? You know? And, you know, for me, it it was sort of a representation of, or an extension of expansion of my area of freedom as an individual. You know, when I was growing up, it was like, oh, now I have more autonomy and can go and do. And, and, uh, and so it, it was appealing to me, but, uh, uh, I guess, you know, in this day and age, there were alternatives, and so kids were like, "Eh, somebody else can do that. As long as I get there, I don't care if I'm riding with somebody."
1: Right. So, and, and you know, it's it's if you've ever ridden a train to work, like I did before I retired uh-huh. in California, I found that to be a really nice thing. I get work done even on a busy old train, right, just sitting there with my computer and. Uh,
0: yeah, I did it once. I wanted to do it. I tried it. It was very appealing. But the problem was, for me, the uh, schedule wasn't quite right. And the train stopped two miles short of where I needed to be. And that last two miles was a problem for me. Yeah. You know, I tried well, public transit the last two miles. And there was a subway in, where it was working in L.A. The subway got me halfway there. It got me a mile of it. But then the subway stopped. Thanks to the La Brea tar pits and some genius who forgot to account for the fact that there's, you know, oozing tar in the ground. Um, and so they just stopped building it. And then from there, I had to then get out and try to get onto a public bus. And there was like 200 people trying to cram onto a 75 person bus. And after three oh. cycles of that, I finally said, forget it. and start. And I walked the last mile on my own and said, it yep, I'm mark. not doing that again.
1: In my, uh, in my three to five months, I forget how long it is that I worked on a subcontract to Boeing down in Orange mm-hmm. County, uh, yeah. I just I just parked my car down there where the train took us, and then I called right. myself and three others, or four others, then over to work, We all went, right. you know, from the train station and then back, yeah. and so I just left the car parked there in a, in a parking lot.
0: Yeah, and I looked into something like that, you know, like what would it cost to leave a car there, and, you know, the train... Lee, there was a 5:30 and a 6:30 train. So, uh, you know, if I, for me to drive that distance, that two miles through LA to get back down to the train station, how early would I have to leave work? 5:30 train was way too early. I could maybe make the 6:30 train. Of course, if I missed the train, then I'm, you know, out of luck and had to either stay in LA or drive the the, the car that I had parked down there all the way home that night, um, and back then the next day. So, you know, I mean, I, I looked at it, and plus to park it down in LA where I was at. Uh, Was going to cost me $200 a month to pay for a parking spot. So it was like additional cost to park. Plus, I had to have a car down there. Um, You know, there was just, I I did all the math and said, you know, it's, I like the idea and riding the train wasn't a bad thing. But in the long run, for me in that particular situation, it just didn't work, you know. And that's, I think that's a large part of the problem with, with um, our use of of mass transit technology in at least Southern California. You know, it exists better in some of the cities on the East Coast. But uh, uh, on California, it sort of goes some of the places part of the time, you know, and that just doesn't quite cut it. Um, That said, I understand that if it works for you, there's a lot of people who are on the train and they're regulars and ride the train every day, you know. Yeah. I know somebody who, who works for a Ford dealership. He's a Ford mechanic. He picks up the train here in town and rides it down to his office. They drop him off uh, about a quarter mile from his, his work. So he just walks to his work every morning from there. So he parks his car down at the train station every morning and rides the train down and rides it back and drives home. Uh, By the
1: way, I, I ju- just happened while we we're talking, came up on one. Uh, uh, there's a, it's titled Kia Apple Car Rumor has now morphed into talk of an electric scooter so you just carry along your last mile transportation in this little scooter here and uh uh-huh. it unfolds it's foldable so it's, it's very lightweight mm-hmm. and and you i guess you plug it in when you get to the office so you can get back i don't know what the this i haven't read the article the details yeah. but you know uh that's interesting can write it they can can you can go a long ways on these my uh scooter of course is a four-wheeler kind of scooter right but uh, it's, it's got about a five mile range you know
0: yeah well and honestly uh, if 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 that kind of technology had existed when i was when i was commuting to la then the train could have dropped me off at downtown and the two miles to my office i could have done but it was two miles through fairly congested city driving and i wouldn't have felt comfortable on on, on a scooter on the road so it would have to be the kind of scooter that you can ride on a sidewalk, and some cities don't allow that. So, you know, I mean, but if if the city yeah. is set up such that there's, like, you know, bike lane space or whatever that I could ride my scooter in, or scooter lane, then I would right. feel okay with that.
1: Right. But, uh, you know, there's all kinds of interesting options come along as soon as you start talking about electric propulsion.
0: Um, yeah
1: and uh, the nice thing is that they're for these uh, uh, type of individual mobility devices the, the latest technology is these much much smaller lithium ion battery packs instead of those much larger lead acid type or gel sure. batteries mm-hmm. uh, so that so that the device weighs so little that uh, yeah you know it's, it's semi portable right uh, the, lar- the larger scooters are pullable like a dragable luggage yeah. so when you pull, pull them up they'll they're, you know you wouldn't want to lift them they're probably maybe 40 pounds but they got a handle on them and no big deal to pull it you know
0: yeah I don't know are you' familiar with the um the scooter rental or scooter scooter sharing companies that are out there because there's quite uh, a few I've, of them
1: i have and they've had a lot of trouble with them for some reason well uh, part of the issue is because
0: they're... they're small people are complaining that people will ride a scooter somewhere and then just dump it And so you'll be walking around or driving around, seeing these these scooters just laying on the roadside, you know.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how uh, how they account for that, uh, and how do you pay for it? Or yeah, well, you have an app. You
0: you have an app, and you pay for it just like you do through, um, uh, like for an Uber or a Lyft. So, like one of the companies out there is called Lime, and you download the Lime app, and it'll tell you where there's the closest scooter and somewhere
1: somewhere they have they should have some kind of scan bar so that you're you're tagged with that scooter and if you don't check it back in somewhere at an official location then uh, you pay for it
0: yeah and that's the thing that that i don't think has been built into it yet is the the you know there's a penalty if you don't put it somewhere where people can see it and and they do have a deal, though, for the incentive for people who, who have like a, uh, a truck or want to put them in their in their uh, trunks because these are, you know, stand up scooters where you can go around and you get paid if you go pick them up, take them home, charge them and then go put them out places. So you oh, yeah. get money to, to, yeah. to you know, charge the thing up and put it back out for somebody. So yeah. that's an interesting Interesting thing too. If you're driving around somewhere and you see one, you don't have to rent it. You can pick it up and charge it, and, and get paid to do that. And I guess when you pick it up, you can see how much charge it has on it. Uh, yeah. You know, and they all have GPSs built into them, and they're attached to the you know to the uh, cellular networks, so they can oh. um, you know the the company knows where they are. Where
1: they are, yeah, right.
0: So. Yeah, you know, I've never rented one, but I've seen them. I've actually seen a few of them here around my town, too. So they're out there.
1: Oh, yeah. They, they have them here in Charlotte. But uh, the, the, there were a number of articles in the paper about different problems they've had with them. And, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure that, that you've co- probably covered most of that. Yeah. I think there's, a lot of the issues
0: aren't technical issues. They're, they're social issues. You know, yeah. I don't want people yeah. dumping scooters in front of my house, right? I don't want... You know yeah. that kind of thing. Uh,
1: I, here's an article that says, uh, uh, "What are you most excited for in terms of rumored Apple products? Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple Apple glasses, folding iPhones, Apple cars, or whatever else you can think of." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, my answer for those, I think, would be the glasses. I'm, Me I'm, too,
1: because that's a new new category, right? Right.
0: And I've, I've read, you know, I've read fiction about, about smart glasses and what they, different things that they can do. Um, and so the idea that, that you can overlay your world with a, a screen that will provide you information that's relative to what you're doing at any given point in time, I think is very interesting.
1: Yeah, I was wondering, uh, one of the things that I thought about is, um, maybe it was just because I was, watched, watched the video of Roy Orbison the other day, and it's on my mind that you know, the pictures you commonly see of Roy wearing dark glasses, yeah, you know, that that was accidental. He was at a concert, and somehow his regular glasses got broken, and they were prescription glasses, mm-hmm. and he needed, needed them just to be able to, you know, see. walk out without, yeah, seat. and and he happened to have the only thing he had was his shades. Well, then. They took all kinds of pictures of him in these dark shades, and how cool that looked. And it was so so it it, it endeared him to his fans apparently. <laughs> and so thereafter, he wore them in just about every concert. He didn't need them. He wasn't like a you know blind person trying to protect his vision or anything like that. Yeah, but, he just uh, he just
0: was, uh, those were the only glasses because he had fairly thick glasses to begin with, right? So those were right. Just made him look mysterious. I don't blame yeah. him. You know, hey, so, if it anyway,
1: worked I, I thought that was interesting. I didn't know that until I read the article. <laughs> so, you know, let's say if if somebody if Apple made glasses, one of the cool things would be is you just push a button and you got your your shades, right? Or you push it and they take it back to clear Lens. I, right. I don't know if you could you probably do that, but you know.
0: Yeah. Well, they have so glass that will it. automatically uh, darken and lighten. You know, they just yeah. it's they, they it's sort of like an LCD um screen and that it you know they apply a current to it and it'll, it'll darken or lighten so i don't see why they couldn't yeah. do that although how much battery and how much current it requires you know uh yeah. if, if they're also running a processor and communications back and forth between the glasses and your phone you know how much juice do you have in your glasses so that right. I think early on, that's going to be an issue with that technology is, is you know, as much as power how do they actually that, right. put the screen on your face? Because you've got to power that, too. Right. And so I know that right. they've been doing like heads up displays for the military for quite some time um, and for decades. Now, the um, helicopter pilots have had a little thing that pops down over, you know, one eye to kind of uh, create images for them as a heads up display in a helicopter where your head's basically on a swivel as opposed to, you know, straight ahead because airplanes fly in one direction, generally speaking. Um, but uh, but how that all translates to something you and I can use and how much power that costs, you know.
1: I, 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 I've given a little thought to it. Num- number one is, is that for normal use, it's not going to consume any power. It will be powered off and it'll be like clear lens that doesn't use power. So right. therefore, only the times when you really need it and I was going to say one of the first applications might be that if you don't have uh, Apple Play in your car, Apple Play will basically build, be built into this from your phone, and you can put not the normal kind of things, not necessarily a map on it, but you can say turn right here and with a street name or something that you'd see on on your lens somehow to help you steer mm-hmm. you, whether you're walking or. Driving yeah. A car
0: or well, whatever. that's one of the, one of the expected uses. Well, there'll be an, an overlay on your screen to give you directions, you know, walking directions or driving directions, right? With a right. an arrow saying, you know, move to the right lane, get off at the next uh, off-ramp, that kind of thing. The same kind of stuff that you get on the screen right now, it's just now you don't have to look down at a, a mapping screen whether it be, you know, CarPlay or whatever, it'll just be right there heads up in front of you, which Yeah. cool. And
1: And the other thing is, is that uh, since you have two lenses, that's effectively two displays and will be treated as such, so that sometimes, uh, and you can switch from one eye to another easily, and I don't know how they do that yet, but uh, Mm. for example, if I was playing music and I just wanted to see the lyrics, I don't really need it on both screens, as long as I can see it with one eye, you know? Right. You just put, less power required if you put it on one screen. Yeah. You know? Uh, Yeah. I suppose you could say, you, you can... Put it on both if you wanted, but you just realize you're going to have it
0: powered down. Yeah. Well, in There's fact, it. I would I would venture to say that probably early versions of this would you you would be able to you could probably switch it from right to left, but it's only one screen at a time. Yeah. You know, and then and then version two might be able to come out with two screens, and then you would you could then create a stereo image in 3D space, which would be a significant upgrade. But sure. you know, of course, they want to be able I'll- to upgrade you.
1: Oh they'll they'll have a, a progression yeah. of, of glasses. So the yeah. first ones will be the least capable. Yeah.
0: Person. Well, and the thing that everybody wants cuz cuz well not everybody cuz maybe some people have really good memories for this stuff, but a lot of people are going to want it to have a small camera shooting forward so that when you see somebody, it's going to do face recognition and pop up in your in your glasses. The name the of this name. person, where you <laughs> saw them last, if they have family members, so that you're like, uh, oh, yeah, Bob, how you doing? Long time no see. <laughs>
1: well, let, 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 let me say this about that. Google has uh, experienced some very negatives associated with people taking pictures surreptitiously. Absolutely. And therefore, people would, would got angry with people and punched them yeah. out if they saw a camera. Uh, on yeah. their, their Google glasses, you know? Right, so, and yet they don't, don't care know. at all
0: if some idiot whips out his phone in the bathroom and starts, starts you know, looking on his phone for, you know, you have no idea whether he's taking pictures or not. Yet right. nobody, that you know, it drives me nuts when I see people do that. I, I almost always say something to people. I said, put your camera away. But just my phone, it's a camera. Put it away, you're in a bathroom. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: You know, most places actually it's against the law whether people realize it or not. There are laws that say you're not allowed to have a camera out in a public bathroom. But uh,
1: Well, there's one way that Apple can deal with that, if they would, and that is is that they know the orientation of your phone at all times, okay? And so if your camera, which is on the back of the thing, if I were reading it and I had it reasonably... Yeah, there's one on the front, down, too. Well, you're right. There is one on the front, too. And, but if it's horizontal then you're shooting up or shooting down so that means you're not really trying to shoot at somebody because there's nobody laying under you or above you or shouldn't be yeah
0: theoretically <laughs> theoretically, theoretically right if it's pointed at the floor then um yeah I don't know I think I think we just continue to enforce some social norms and saying you know what you're in a bathroom put your stupid phone away you want to look at it step outside you're done in here if you're done in here then leave <laughs> you know
1: or, or, or once once uh... Apple gets their uh, mapping for buildings and stuff. Then they know where restrooms are. As soon as you walk through the door, it shuts. Shut it off.
0: off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If if yeah. once they get the location information down accurate enough that they know you know not only you're at the movie theater but you're in the restroom in the movie theater, shut the phone off. Then yeah, that'd be fine. Um, but yeah,
1: well, you need really smart glasses, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> or if you're in a bathroom and you try to turn your phone your your camera on have the LED start flashing brightly so everybody knows you've got the camera on so that then you can get beat up
1: right <laughs> that'll that'll keep you
0: from putting your camera on in the bathroom yeah
1: that would be one answer you know and burn, and run your battery down quickly too right yeah it's like yeah we're <laughs> we're going to
0: run your battery down and let everybody know you have the camera on it's on you know Make the camera sound loudly and flash the well, you LED. Could,
1: you, you, could, you could turn the volume up and announce, you know. Camera on, that, camera on. Camera's on right over here. <laughs> beety, beety, beep <laughs> beety, 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 beep beep, beep beep.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> or a siren or something. Use,
0: anyway. uh, use uh, s- social pressure to keep you to put your stupid phone away in the bathroom. Yeah. So hey, so there was uh, we we've gone for a while, but I there was one topic that we we spent so much time talking about stuff that weren't really our normal tech stuff. I do want to talk about this. Um, there's been a lot of it's funny because the 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 regular news press has not said boo about this, but boy, in the technical press, Apple is getting crucified for this announcement that they are uh, going to start scanning photos for uh, child pornography. And on the face of it, everybody would say, why on earth would you be upset about that? And everybody would say, we're not upset about that. We think it's a good idea that you try to do something to stop child pornography. However, if you can scan for child pornography, that means that there's a backdoor into our, our photos that you can now scan for anything you want. And in countries like China or North Korea or, you know, Iraq, um, you can the governments can now say now that you can wait scan the photos. We want you to scan for these people. These people are dissidents, and they're not allowed to have you know be in photos wait, in our country.
1: Wait, wait a minute, Todd. For two, maybe maybe five years, we've been able to look at our photo collection and see them classified by flowers, landscapes, uh, all kinds of different ways. So this has been going on for a long time. The scanning and classification of photos has been happening.
0: Apple has always done it on device.
1: They just didn't announce that, so we've known it.
0: Apple's always done it on device, whereas Google did it in the cloud. This is the first time that Apple is doing it in the cloud. They have stated that this will happen in the cloud. So they are now creating a way to look at my photos off of my device and scan for specific images. As opposed to on my device, which is how they've always done all the other classifications, which meant that they didn't look at it. It happened on my device, and anything Wait. coming off my device was encrypted.
1: Wait a minute, I don't. That doesn't make sense. Let me tell you why. You can scan for things on your device, but you can't store all the photos on your cloud on your device and tell me what the sum of of all flowers in my collection are. Because I tell you, when you got when you Use your Photos app, and you select any of those classifications, or a search that you can make just on comments that you add to the pictures. I mean, it, it searches both things, uh, but it before most people don't put comments on them, so it just it's doing the visual search. And right. So, well, and in
0: fact, they've they've announced that in iOS 15 uh, and on the 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 Mac OS. Uh, partner of that for photos that you will not only be able to 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 search for but you'll be able to select text from photos and use that text then to uh you, you can cut cut it and paste it and treat it like any kind of text even though it's uh, a photo of text so like all those pictures you've taken over the years of signs you'll be able to copy and paste those sign that sign text anywhere you want so yes. but and again i say this up to this point all of that stuff Apple has talked about in the past has always been done on device, meaning that my device, my Mac or my, my iOS device, would scan through my photo library. It would do face recognition to identify people that I know so I could go look for pictures of loved ones. It would uh, look for categories of stuff. It was all done on device. Then my library was encrypted when it was backed up to the cloud. That's how Apple has sold this in the past. This is the first time that Apple has come out and said, now we're going to scan through this theoretically encrypted stuff on the cloud to check for uh, child pornography. And the issue is that they're saying that we're going to scan through something that we previously told you was encrypted and we didn't have access to. And that's why all of the technical press are up in arms. It's not the the feature. It's that they announced publicly that it would be scanning through this stuff on the cloud.
1: What's what the key to everything you said is talked about, how they talked about, and if you don't have that qualifier there, anyone like me will tell you that they've been doing things for five years that weren't talked about necessarily, but I knew damn well they were doing it on the cloud, and I'll guarantee you that there was no way they could have done these things without doing it on the cloud.
0: Okay, well, their claim has been to this point that it was done on device and then encrypted and sent to the cloud for storage. Uh,
1: that's, that they lied to us, yes. They lied okay. to us. But that lie was not uh, so sustainable by anybody who had any real technical knowledge of what it takes to do what they were already doing, is what I'm saying. That's my argument.
0: Okay, and, and I'm saying I have never seen any evidence of that.
1: Well, just the fact that the, the uh, I, whenever they put the search in—that's when it started—the the ability to search the, the photo on the photo app, and I don't recall exactly when it was. That may not have gone back five years, but, but I played with the search because I thought that was really interesting, and I knew it had to be scanned in order to make that determination. Mm-hmm. And so I thought to myself, how is it that they can tell, show me? Now, by the search, all this stuff in the cloud—it came down rapidly, of course, because it's, I've got I've got BH or Wi-Fi here that I'm getting it down on. So that was definitely not done on the phone.
0: But all of your photos are on your phone, even though you just see a thumbnail representation of it in order to save space. They're all there.
1: I don't think all the thumbnails are on your phone.
0: No. All the thumb, all the all of the thumbnails are on your phone. They keep just a small 75 DPI thumbnail, and in fact, um, almost always on my phone, when I call up something, if I go to a a section of of photos that I haven't looked at in a long time, when it first comes up, it's not real sharp, and then it suddenly gets much more sharp, and if I try to edit it, I click on it to edit it, it'll say downloading, and it'll then download it. So it's not just a single step of like, there's a thumbnail, and then the high res, there's actually a middle piece too. So that it, it like I get a thumbnail to find it, then it brings down very quickly a slightly higher res screen resolution. And then if I want to edit it, it brings down the full high resolution that's actually higher res than the screen.
1: Yeah, but I, I understand all of that, but I'm just saying that if you were how uh, if you don't have a data allowance on your phone connection because you don't want to, to, to be spending a lot of money on data, you know right? Uh, when, when you're not at your Wi-Fi connection, in other words, right. unconnected to the to the web, right? That that uh, there's a lot of things that you can get down with full resolution uh, only if you have Wi-Fi, right? You know.
0: Yeah, and but before that, it, but but it originated and somewhere, that. and before it got sent up to this cloud, that's when they scanned it. It scanned on your device when you took the picture. And then, and then you have a meta file and, and, on your on your device that says this particular picture, you know, serial number, blah 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 blah, because they give it you know a background number and name, so they can call it up out of the database has has these keywords and this stuff, and this is what we found on it when we scanned it on device.
1: Okay, I got you. They scanned it on your device and tagged it. Right. So they got a lot of tags associated with every picture, and that's what they're searching. Right. Okay, that's a that's a way to do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean they don't like scan live when you call it up. They're not like scanning it when you call it. They've already scanned it before it was ever sent to the to the to the cloud. So, and and so and that's that's why they're complaining about what Apple has said because Apple has explained how they're going to do this and what they've said is that they're no longer doing that. That they're now going to after the photo has been uploaded, scan the photo. And 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 the response to everybody in the in the in the tech world has been, wait a minute, you said you couldn't scan the stuff that's in the cloud because it was all encrypted. Are you creating yeah. a backdoor? Because Apple themselves has come out and said, in fact they there's a famous quote from Steve Jobs. If you op you know, if you create a backdoor for good, it can be used by everybody everybody. It's backdoor is either on or off. It's binary. There is no back door for the good guys but not for the bad is, guys.
1: Is this a catch up then? If they were all scanned to before, you're saying that the photography wasn't one of the one of the tags they assigned to it on the phone.
0: I don't understand what you're talking about. What do you mean photography it, wasn't a tag?
1: I'm just saying that what we're talking about is a transformation on the phone that when you when you take a picture, right. or scan it or whatever, scan it in that they mm-hmm immediately include with that a bunch of classification tags. Yes. And pornography hasn't been one of those, maybe, possibly. And now, how do you play catch-up for any kind of scan target unless you've been doing it from the get-go?
0: Right. So you're saying all of the photos that already exist, how do you go back and scan those? That's and right. the And w- the way you do it is you decrypt everything on your server and break the 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 uh, agreement you had with all your users that that stuff was never going to be dis, uh, unencrypted or, 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 or even more so that you couldn't do that because of the way you had uh, created your system. And so they've essentially said, uh, we're going to create a backdoor if we haven't already had one. If we've had one, we've been lying to you. And if we didn't have one, then we're going to create one, but we're only going to use it for this. But the point is, Sure, you're only going to use it for this. You don't think government agencies are going to come to you and say, "Well, since you're scanning for child pornography, now we want you to scan for, you know, these people see, who are dissidents and disagree with the government, or these people who are who are of a different, uh, you know, ethnicity, and we want to keep an eye on them." You know, it's it's uh, what, what, just what opens we, a can of worms. Well, I I know
1: what I'm saying is it seems like what we've got is two ways of scanning for the, the phone scanning and tagging right. or uh, cloud tagging and scanning
0: absolutely right? and up until this point Apple has always adamantly said and explained in their process they not only don't scan stuff in the cloud that they can't because it's all encrypted because they they care about you about your security and now they're saying we're going to go backwards on that because we care about kids too and, again, nobody is disagreeing that you should care about kids. And, in fact, if if they had come out and said, and maybe b- before they launch it, this is how it's actually going to happen, that all subsequent pictures will now be scanned on the device before they're uploaded so that it's still happening on device and they haven't created a backdoor, then we would say, fine, if something exists out there already, we can't go scan it because it's already been taken. Um, you know, Unless... And, and and this is something else they could do. Quite frankly, is they could build something into your uh, into your Mac or your iPad or your phone that says when you're sitting idle and, and you're not doing anything with the device, it can download a photo, rescan the photo, send the photo back up to iCloud, and it could just work its way through your entire photo library that way. So it's still happening on device, still encrypted, still secure. Your device is doing the scanning. We just added a new category to scan for. Absolutely. And Absolutely. if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it that way, fine. But if they're literally doing what they said, and maybe they just misspoke, which is very unusual for Apple, but they are human beings. But what they said was, "We're going to scan iCloud libraries."
1: Yeah, and and the message, message photos too. Right, because there's more than one way to get a photo on the, the cloud.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, into your device. The the um, now. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought every time I take a photo oh you know what? I every time I take a photo, even if I take it in messages, it ends up in my photos library. But if somebody sends me a photo, so like if you were to send me a photo, it doesn't end yeah. up in my iCloud library, uh unless my I save photos it. library. Yeah, unless, unless I, if, I yeah. Save it. Yeah, unless you you specifically go and say, I want this thing that somebody sent me to be in my library. Right.
1: Yeah. But that doesn't protect the sexting thing that teenagers do, you know? So so, yeah. because, yeah, but yeah. That, that would be scanning messages at, at the low level in right. addition to, right. so that that violates the privacy of the messages. Because, you know, the, mm-hmm. the real th- reason that people loved iMessage was that was end-to-end encrypted.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, and
1: so they've abandoned that whole deal, too.
0: Well, again, if they're doing it, as they said, in the cloud... If they're continuing to do it on device and everything's encrypted there, then you're okay. But, you know, they haven't they haven't then backed off of anything they said. So, you know, I think we've kind of figured out how they can do it. But the question is, what are they really, you know, how is it going to actually happen? And so until yeah. they actually implement it, we don't know. But I think given the explosion of, of pushback on what they said... Apple's going to rethink it and say, well, or maybe they never intended to do it the way they said in the first place. Like I said, they don't generally misspeak. Sometimes they do. They're human. And yeah. so, um, you know, I, it, it would seem to be more in line with everything they have used. And they've used it as a big marketing thing. Is there, you know, we are secure. We don't, we don't get it. You know, everything's encrypted that comes to us. Your data is your data. And that's your business. Um, they can do that. And and continue to use the structures that they have in place, if you know, they you, you know, know do it the anyway, way we talked about.
1: Given the consequences to Apple of this whole thing, it seems to me that everybody who's ever bought an Apple product can can go to court and legitimately claim that I bought this device from you guys because of the privacy claims that you've made. Since you've violated those, yeah, I want my I want a refund now. Yeah,
0: I want my money back because you lied to me. This is not the product that that you. You told me it was.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that uh, court should have a tough time uh, not uh, ruling in your favor. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Now, I, I would be shocked if there wasn't class action suits if they go forward to this. I mean, it's funny because, you know, on Mac Daily News, they, they like to put their take on stories. And their take on this is, Apple's move is, is so perplexing, instantly destroying years of claims of privacy protection from the CEO yeah. on down. We wonder if Apple was promised something implicitly or explicitly in return for this faith-shattering and, yes, stupid decision. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. again, how they implement it is, is the key. So I think we've yeah. talked through, you know, two different ways that this could go about. You know, one is is that they just say all new photos coming on will be scanned for an additional category which is you know, child pornography um, or uh, they could do that as well as uh, use idle cycles to rescan existing photos um, on device
1: and the other, the other thing by the way is that uh, when they talked about child pornography uh, they said that before any actions would ever be taken that there would be human visual, uh, visualization because they know that these algorithms are not perfect.
0: Right. In other so before words, we turn you they're over they're to hard the hard. cops, we're going to have somebody look at it and say, is that really pornography or are we just, uh, you know, do have, we need to tune our
1: algorithm? Got, a lot of pictures of people uh, take up their kids in the bathtub. You know? Yeah. I mean, those yeah. are, are there. I've got some.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, almost every parent takes pictures of their kids, you know, when they're little in the bathtub or, you know, running around as the diaper falls down and you see their little chubby butt or whatever. I mean, everybody's got photos like that and it's not an unusual thing and there's nothing uh, horrific about that. But, but I, you know, and again, I, I think, you know, we can't state it strongly enough. Nobody is against, actions that will help stop child pornography and child abuse. I mean everybody would I mean I it's, it's it's that's not yeah. the issue. The issue I mean we clearly if if there's a way to do that that doesn't destroy the faith people have in your company <laughs> then you do it. Absolutely. Right. Um you know uh but okay. they've they've got to balance that against literally destroying the faith people have in Apple. And so Apple has to really tread lightly here and explain this very, very clearly to people as to how they're doing it and how it's not going to um, basically destroy any trust you have on anything that's on an Apple
1: device. Yeah, because because, you and I have probably sold uh, lots of Apple products to other people in the sense that we've talked about that amongst other features of Apple that uh, were really important.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, it's, it's, I mean, you know, because you because. and I are, 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 are technically literate. Um, we know lots of people, you know, uh, so. that, that come so. to us and say, well, what do you think about this or that or the other? You know, just like if you had somebody who was, you know, a really good cook, you would ask them about, you know, recipes or, 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 uh, a, a real gearhead, you know, would say, well, Hey, I'm looking about a new car. What do you think about this one? you know you just take advantage of your expertise in your family right or your or your circle yeah. of friends
1: so so in yeah. effect apples made liars out of us
0: yeah you know? well i mean i don't I, I wouldn't go so far as to say they've made liars out of us if they implement this as has been anticipated and as described then we would immediately go back to everybody and say understand apple has changed their mind this is not how they're working and it really is sad that it comes down to really you know you were trusting a corporation but they can change their mind, you know, just like, you know, Google makes their money by scanning through all of your emails and photos and selling that information, what they can learn from that information, right? They could change their mind tomorrow and say, that's not how we're going to do things anymore. And now Google's the company you have to go to for, for, you know, secure protected data. I mean, it's, it's all just a decision that the companies make in terms of how they want to market themselves and what they want to do. Um, but, uh, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they um, how they implement this because you know mm-hmm. it's uh, it's certainly doable in a way that doesn't undermine the uh, undermine the trust that people have built up in their systems. Yeah so, uh, Okay so I'm anyway. looking oh, Apple has has posted a statement about child sexual sexual abuse material. Let's see. This I don't see a date on it, but it's um, I'm I'm looking at an Apple webpage here and it says Apple is introducing new child safety features in three areas developed in collaboration with child safety experts. First, new communication tools will enable parents to play a more informed role in helping their children navigate communication online. The Messages app will use an on-device machine learning to warn about sensitive content while keeping private communications unreadable by Apple. Okay, that's good news. Okay, next, iOS and iPadOS will use new applications of cryptography to help limit the spread of uh, the uh, child sexual abuse material while designing for for user privacy. The, the CSAM detection will help Apple provide valuable information to law enforcement on collections of, of such photos in iCloud Photos. Now, new applications of cryptography, that needs to be explained better. Uh, and then finally, updates to Syrian search will provide parents and children expanded information and help if they encounter unsafe situations. Syrian search will also intervene when users try to search for uh, child abuse related topics. So these features are coming later this year in iOS 15, iPad OS 15, WatchOS 8 and Mac OS Monterey. So um, well the, the detection that it talks about using new applications of crypt- cryptography, I would be real interested to see have that explained further. Yeah. That's that's the, the question mark. And this article goes on to explain it much further. I'll share this article with you so we can read it and maybe talk about it again next week um, when we have a little bit more information about Apple's response to this. So I think that this is a huge knee-jerk reaction to something that Apple is trying to approach and do the right way, um, just at the quick browsing over of this. so uh, So maybe we need to hear Apple's side of it. But certainly, as it was initially explained a lot of people wigged out. So, well, we've been going for almost two hours. It's been a long show today. So why don't we call her quits?
1: Hey, you beat me to it. All right. Okay. Okay, Well, thanks for joining
0: us. Thanks dad. I enjoyed the talk today. Uh, I know we kind of went off. We started off on a very sort of, uh, you know, virus oriented biotech tech instead of, instead of the electronics tech that we normally talk about. But, uh, uh, we brought it back home. We brought it back home.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Have a good one. See
1: you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.